Talk Live. 855-453-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. You know what, Brian? I'm sorry. I just uh, forgot, forgot the. I'm not used to pushing that button. Wow, that's how it is. That's anyway, I'm, I am Brian Sovereign, and I'm Stephanie. And I was on vacation last week down in uh, sunny Florida, and uh, I guess Brian, you were on with Stephanie. I was. Had we a great had a time. fun time. How'd that go? Uh, I I specifically stated that I could not fill in the manly chair of Mark Edge, <laughs> but uh, but it went pretty good. I thought. Good. Well, we'll see. we'll just see. I haven't listened to the show. Um, you know, I it's twenty one hours a week of free well, talk. That's live. really how it is. You mic my microphone and you won't, or you mute my microphone and you won't listen to my show. That's exactly right. Wow. Well, um, you can give us a call at eight five five four five zero three seven three three and talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live unlike most radio programs, does seven days a week of live content for you, and we let you call in about what you want to call about. Um, you know, we, the screening process is rather minimal here on Free Talk Live, so you can call in, change the subject, start a new subject, whatever it is that makes you happy. Let's go to Jared in Detroit. Jared, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, Mark, nice to you listening to you on Sundays. Uh for Stephanie and Brian, I had a critique. I was getting so frustrated last Sunday listening to the radio. Um, Brian was going on and on about assault weapons and how they're designed to kill. And the point that I was just thinking to myself that nobody's talking about is when he referred to them as an automatic weapon. And that's simply untrue. So I'm hoping to paint a picture about how people who say these terms, they're buying into this nonsense because what they call assault weapons are just cosmetic features. I mean, people like cosmetic features in food. I'm sure Stephanie can tell you that there's food is colored in certain ways so it looks better. Apples are grown in certain ways. There's a market for things that look better or are more comfortable. But it doesn't necessarily change the original uh, structure of something. Oh, okay, quick quick question, Jared. Um, what exactly is the purpose of a weapon that fires automatically, as in you don't have to cock it, it just keeps firing round after round as long as you hold the trigger. And explain to me what that's used for. Who's that supposed to be used against? That seems to be your main your main. Uh, oh, yeah, concern. that's clearly used. That is clearly made for killing. But what you are calling an assault weapon, no definition in the U.S. for federal law or any state law has ever defined an assault weapon as a machine gun. They've always been semi-automatic firearms, and that's my point. That's what I was critical of, because you're making it sound like it's something where you just hold the trigger and da 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 I mean, it's no different than saying because a Ford Focus has leather seats, cruise control, and Bluetooth voice command that it's an assault vehicle. It's still okay. a vehicle. It still serves the same purpose. Okay, I understand. And, and I appreciate the correction on my broad terms, and I was using very broad terms. Um, but my point still stands. And, and I don't know, I don't know where kill. defining yeah. the guns any better makes them any less lethal or makes them any less. I'm still kind of confused about this whole, hold on a second. So the government has some law where they refer to certain uh, firearms as assault weapons. Is that the definition that you were using, Brian? Do you even remember back to last week? I'm not sure. I mean, I I use my, my whole point when I say auto, I guess I said automatic rifles or anything like that. Yes. Okay. My, my main point is, is that there's three types of weapons. There's the weapons that are designed to wipe out people en masse. Okay, then there's your handgun, and then there's your average rifle that you go hunting with. The first two of those I have no issue with. I understand their purpose. 
and they can often be very you know peaceful. You mean or, the second two? The, the, the I'm sorry, the, the second two mm-hmm. are are the ones that you know that I don't have any major issue with. It's the one that kills people en masse that I have a problem with because what exactly is the average human being on the planet Earth going to do with that other than take out an army? Now they can say they're going to defend their home, but are they planning on an entire gang? attacking their home if that's the case i would be considering not having plenty of bullets and and, and a gigantic you know and, and and whatever you want to define it assault rifle whichever but i would plan on moving if i thought i was in an area where a bunch of people other than the united states government was going to be raiding my house and if it's the united well, states government for everyone but that's my point though what you were saying for what an assault weapon is is it's no different than the average what you would call a hunting rifle that just looks like grandpa's old rifle in his closet it's the same thing it can equally kill no different so, than a m4 so people a take ar10s and ar 50 wait, wait, let me finish my point hang on the only difference is mine has a collapsible stock that's just more comfortable on your shoulder and it's made out of more aluminum and metal and doesn't have wood so it doesn't weigh much but it's functionally no different from something that you would look at and throw into what you categorized as you know it's a you know hunting rifle they're they're still the same they're still the same thing and it's not a machine gun which personally i have no problem with a machine gun but no assault weapon in this country has ever been defined as a machine gun they've they purposely excluded that from the terminology because they wanted to demonize semi-automatic rifles and it sounds like it's worked because a lot of people don't understand the difference okay well i don't want to demonize anything other than violent action and killing other human beings. I have no interest in, I'm an anarchist. I have no interest in laws, legality, anything of that nature. I was in the military. I've killed a lot of people. Okay. And I, I have zero interest in that anymore. And I have the problem when people in society glorify or get so, and, and honestly, Jared, I have a problem when people get so concerned about like, well, they're going to take my guns. What are you worried about? What exactly is going to, I mean, if, if the government's going to come after you, and this is what happens usually when I get into these discussions with people about guns, it gets down to the point where they say, well, what if the, what if someone, the government comes after me, man, they're going to get you from three miles away. Your guns are meaningless. Now, if you want to defend yourself on the city streets with a handgun against, you know, a robber or something, that's completely different. But we're talking about, and nobody goes hunting deer with AR-15 or AR-10 carbines. Okay. That, that doesn't. Yeah, I don't hunt with them. Right. That doesn't happen. So then what's the point? The point is to kill another human being. And I take issue with that. And for people who love liberty and are a peaceful movement, I take issue. And that's my point. And I'm open to having this conversation, Jared. I like it. Okay, but really, it's semantics. But when people. Well, when people say, that, oh, yeah, well, you know, the government has nuclear bombs and all this stuff. Yeah, but they still use handguns and rifles. I mean, please don't carry drones that fly into the sky. So there is still a purpose for them. Now, yeah, I'm not going to jump on the bandwagon. Oh, you need them for when the, for when the government comes and gets you or whatever. But let's take uh, something that's more realistic, something more probable. Let's say there's a dollar crisis and... You know, I live outside of a major, major city. What happens when a lot of people who are dependent on the government no longer have access to food or money and they can't buy things? They're going to try to take things. So your scenario of a mass of people, that's quite probable. Now, not where you live in Keene. I've been to Keene since 1990. It's a very peaceful place, but not all of us can move to Keene. Okay. if I mean, Right, Jared, you're laying out like a, a zombie apocalypse. At that point, you need to be doing bows and arrows because you're going to run out of bullets fast. Okay, and I mean, again, I understand you're talking about an apocalyptic scenario, and 
Are those things valid to worry about? Maybe, but I don't think an AR-15 or an AR-10 or guns in general are efficient for that. I also don't think, and I said this last week, that guns are not efficient for self-defense. Well, wouldn't a um, – jump in here real quick. Now, guns are efficient for protecting? Sure they are. Hold on, Jared. Now, um, I'm, I'm thinking about the zombie apocalypse thing, and this is this is actually kind of fascinating because, you know, people are always entertaining themselves with this idea that uh, society is going to break down, and I think it's, I think it's interesting. But – at some point, I mean, obviously, just because the power grid goes down, uh, your AR-15 is not going to f- uh, cease functioning. So True. The, the other guy might have an AR-15 until True. he runs out of bullets. So I guess it's a good idea to have an AR-15 or a, you know H&K-95 uh, or whatever until you run out of bullets, at which point you should run out of bullets one bullet after the other guy, and then you can have uh, your bow and arrow situation. Or some kind of defensive well, mechanism, right? Like some kind of or, shielding or armor or a fortress or whatever, right? Right. Yeah, just equally, one more point before I go that if I can get out. It's something that I've heard people romanticize with. And by the way, I respect the dialogue because you're coming from a liberty viewpoint, but we just disagree. Like you're not coming out saying guns should be banned. And it's very hard to have that conversation with people. But I leave sure. you with this one thought. You usually hear people say, oh, you know, if I could wave a magic wand and un invent the gun, it would be a great thing. Well, I would argue no, because we know what that world looks like. Go from the beginning of humankind to about 1810. You had the strong ruling the weak by the tip of a sword or any other blunt object that they could pick up. Jared, thank you for the call. 855-453-FREE, Free Talk Live. If you want to move to the free state you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great it's the realtor mark warden do you want a home with 20 acres a lakeside cabin any takers for renters buyers and sellers too mark warden is the guy for you porcupinerealestate.com Talk Live, 855-453. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line. Again, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Brian Sovereign. And Stephanie. On the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, you can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about. That's what we do around here. The phone lines, that that phone line, 855-450-3733, is brought to you by SACL CAI. It is a company that handles accounts receivable. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. They're the top one on the right-hand side of the page. If you've got a business and you need to try something new in the area of uh, accounts receivable, Sickle CAI d- will do it for you. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. Again, it's Sickle CAI. Find the banner at freetalklive.com. Let's go back to the phones. We've got lots of calls here on Free Talk Live. Uh, let's go to Ty in Tennessee. Ty, you're on Free Talk Live. Well, good evening. Uh, kind of shifting gears here a little bit. I wanted to uh, talk about cooperation. And competition, possibly, I guess, competition or cooperation versus competition. Okay. I had to kind of build up to this. Uh, on one hand, I still hear an occasional buzz over this idea of uh, nonviolent communication, NVC, in the uh, liberty community. Yeah, that's something uh, I'm interested in. Yeah, NVC, my understanding is NVC tries to find mutually beneficial resolutions to conflicts. Yeah, And that's it's right. ideal... 
Yeah, the ideal promotes a cooperative mode of social interaction, and it's, again, from what I gather, it promotes this cooperative ideal mostly by avoiding dominating language, and domination games are a big no-no in NBC. Yeah. Is that right? Right, because in a situation like that, one person is going to win, the other person is going to lose, right? And actually, that is what most of our interactions are like in this world from the time that we're very young. We're often told, like, you're on the bottom of the food chain and you have to do what we say. And there's no there's no room for negotiation there. But there's you know, there are ways to find win win situations to a lot of different problems. And I think that's what it's about. Right, right. It's it's a very good thing. I, I like the idea. But now, on the other hand, in the liberty community, we promote the ideal of competition in the market. Yep. You know, in, including competition for the provision of services where the quote-unquote government has claimed monopoly privilege. Now, we see competition as good because it provides choice, tends to increase productivity, and it drives prices down. But isn't competition a kind of domination game? So is there a happy medium between the ideal of meeting needs through mutually beneficial cooperation and uh, competition in the market? Is there some meeting of, of, between these two? Yep. How, can, how can you have competition without some form of domination? Yeah, I think that's a great question, and that was one of the things that I thought of when I first started getting interested in uh, nonviolent communication, too. And so I, I don't think that competition in the, in the sphere of the marketplace is necessarily a domination uh, game. And I'll tell you why. Often, um, even within a certain industry, different companies are offering slightly different products that cater to different niches, right? And they're all trying to meet the needs of consumers, right? That's even a phrase completely outside of NVC that you hear in um, economics, right? Like consumers have needs and businesses are trying to meet them. And in, in that way, both the business wins because they get uh, money, you know, they get profits and the consumers win because they get the product or service that they that they want or need. And so I don't think that um, all, you know, even if there's an industry where there's um, Walmart and Target, shall we say, I mean, maybe those are bad examples because they're large uh, corporations and maybe have a little bit more of a, a state granted privilege and such. But pretend they were in a completely free market, Walmart and Target. They're offering slightly different things. They're not offering exactly the same thing. And some people are going to prefer Walmart. Some people are going to prefer Target because people have different values and different you know, needs. And so they're going to choose the one that fulfills their needs best. I'd also uh, like to ch- chime in here. I think that uh, when you when you talk about competition from the standpoint of when people who are in the liberty community talk about uh, competition, what we mean is competition in a free market as opposed to competition in uh, sort of a, a you know a government controlled market, which uh, the government will control a market as much as it possibly can. And so there's no room for domination in a free market. I mean, there's, you know, I've got competition and there's uh, on the air right now, there are other radio programs that people could listen to instead of this one. And there's really no re- room for cooperation with those uh, with those folks. But I can't I can't say mean things to them in order to get well, them to do what I want. Wait a minute, either. though. LRN.FM is a great example of cooperation between, quote, competitors. I'm on LRN.FM right now and there's no one in competition with me there. Right. But these are all Liberty podcasts, right? You could say that they're all competing for the ears of Liberty podcast consumers. Not on LRN, they're not, because only one thing can play at one time. 
uh, okay, but like they're competing maybe for donations. Podcasts or for fans. themselves do, but I don't think LRN fits into this. Other Liberty podcasts do compete. But, well, okay, LRN, the reason I thought about this is because LRN is an example of cross promotion. You know, all these similar, very similar products that are co oping together for everybody's promotion. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, I could see that as sort of a cooperative example in the marketplace. The other thing that's really important to remember, I think, is that. The free market is not a zero sum game. Uh, demand is not going to be fixed. You know, at there's not like a pie, right, of people's dollars, and that pie is a certain size. And if company X gets fifty percent of the pie, then no one else can get more than fifty percent. Like it's expanding and contracting. And so, if you offer a beneficial service that people like, you're not necessarily taking business away from somebody else who's offering a similar product. You might be just getting extra business for yourself without changing the amount of business that other similar companies get. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really, I mean, it's not like we're playing a game of, or like companies are playing football against each other. Mm -hmm. They're just in the, they happen to be in the same market, but that doesn't mean that they're directly competing. Um, In fact, any competition that occurs is really because there's the governments there, like take Samsung and Apple suing each other back and forth. They're making completely different products, but they're just suing each other because Because there is a system in place for them to sue each other because but only one company can have the government granted monopoly on whatever patents exactly hold, right? otherwise it wouldn't be competition it'd just be two products yeah hi well there would there would be competition between companies competing for the you know in the market even if there wasn't a government i i, I disagree that there would not be any competition the the real thing is whether there's going to be my real question is whether there's going to be some form of domination in it, you know, and how that would be delineated. I could see how there could be cooperative competition. I, somebody pointed uh, pointed me to a Wikipedia page on Facebook just now that mm-hmm. talks about cooperation. Yep, I've but heard that phrase. Isn't it possible to have? I guess sort of like a passive aggressive type of competition in the market where there's no violence, but they're, you know, like withholding certain materials, you know, trying to get control of certain materials so the competition doesn't get it, you know, that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, isn't that, isn't that kind of like, uh, that's a non-cooperative type of competition that could happen in a marketplace, even in the now. There are some incentives to not engage in that behavior, right? Because, yeah, maybe that does happen in some instances now, but not every company does things like that. And there are reasons, because one, maybe their consumers would be less likely to shop there if they knew that that was going on. Cash or maybe, flow. Maybe their other companies would are less likely to do business with them if they're very cutthroat. Ty, I appreciate the, uh, the conversation. All right, y'all have a good evening. Thanks. 855... 855- Excuse me, 450 free. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Call in, talk about competition, assault weapons, whatever you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com.
Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. Call in. Talk about whatever is on your mind here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Brian. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want. At the lowest prices on ammunition, scopes, knives, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, boating equipment, and much more. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and they've got the lowest prices. Go check for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. All right. So, uh, Stephanie let Brian, let's just go right into the calls here. We've got uh, Dave and Honolulu holding on. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey there. <clears throat> Ty kind of stole my thunder. I also want to talk about NBC. Great. Let's talk about it. Okay, but I, I want to know how Stephanie got into it and how she got up to speed. I borrowed uh, Rosenberg's book from the library, but I kind of got bogged down in it. It seemed kind mm-hmm. of... Uh, I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to my my wheels were kind of spinning, you know. Yeah. Um, so just for anybody who's just tuning in, uh, Dave is talking about nonviolent communication. It's a uh, basically conflict resolution strategy that's used, um, developed by a psychologist called Marshall Rosenberg in, I think, the 1970s. And he was really interested in conflict resolution because he grew up in Detroit during the time when there were race riots and lots of shootings. And he was interested in the question of, like, why do people do violence to each other? And so set out on this whole career trying to figure that out. And so um, the way that I got into it was through a personal friend who also hosts a podcast called Complete Liberty, and that's Wes Bertrand. He spent a lot of time with me teaching me about it, and I'm really grateful to him for that. But there's also, um, I read Marshall Rosenberg's book, Nonviolent Communication. I did the audiobook version because I just prefer audio. And there's also I a, did that too. It was nice. A workshop. Yeah, you've read the same one. Actually, I listened to your copy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a workshop on YouTube that is there for free. Uh, from Marshall Rosenberg. It's about it's a couple hours long, but it really explains NBC in depth. There's also several short videos on YouTube. If you search for nonviolent communication, you'll find a lot of them about different things, parenting, like skits that people do using nonviolent communication to resolve conflicts. Those are really helpful to see it like role played out. So you may like some of the shorter ones if you couldn't get into the book. Okay, I'll give that a shot. Um, Yeah, I think I've heard Wes Bertrand talking about it, too. Aren't you doing, is he on your podcast, or is he? Or are you on his podcast coming <laughs> Wes is on, I believe, the LRN.FM um, network, the, the, the Liberty Radio Network, and you can listen to his podcast there at LRN.FM. We've done a couple of podcasts together, too. I have my own show called Pork Therapy, and we get together sometimes. PRC but... Therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Wes has covered it very extensively on his show. I think if you listen to Complete Liberty, you'd probably get the gist of it, too. Yeah, he seems to to really be wild about Rosenberg. Have have you been able to use it in your activism or just in your life or yeah, what's been your experience with it? So the <laughs> I might not get a lot of friends for saying this, but the cop blocking confrontational style of activism is just not my style. It's not something I enjoy doing or makes me happy, and so I don't really engage in that. But I do. I'm very interested in conflict resolution. 
and I'm very interested in finding win-win situations, you know, win-win scenarios to resolve disputes or even before they happen or whatever. So I do try to practice nonviolent communication. I go and chat with a NVC chat group. Uh, I was doing it once a week for a while and then I kind of dropped off a little bit, but that was really helpful because we would play out different scenarios. A lot of them involved activist type things like talking to government people or talking to other people about liberty, talking to family members or what have you. Uh, so that was very, that was like the most helpful thing to me. Okay, great. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Let's go to uh, Russell in Illinois. Russell, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? I want to talk more about the assault rifles because I think there's some mis- misinformation. First of all, people do hunt with these. I'm sorry, they do. Uh, 7.639 is a very good deer round. And there are many states that do allow you to have a semi-automatic weapon. Down south, I mean, down in Texas, they need, they use them to ki- uh, kill uh, hogs. So, I mean, there's I that thought you point. used 22s for hogs. Am I wrong on that? No, they, no, no. Okay. No, you need something much stronger and right. much bigger than that. Yeah, I don't know where I heard that, yeah. but okay, go ahead. I've never, you know, the, the only hogs I kill, I take to the slaughterhouse. Okay, well, let let me say this now. I've been to Alaska, and in Alaska, it's very, very commonplace to see people carrying a very large sidearm of some kind. Why? Because a gigantic animal can come out of nowhere, even when you're just driving down the road, and you're going to have to do something about it. I understand that. I get that point, okay? My my point is is that, like with the shooting that happened recently in Connecticut, I believe, uh, there was the instantaneous people saying, you can't take my AK-47s. You can't take my AR-15 and all that stuff. Now, that's nice. I mean, if you go hunting with these things, okay. Now, when I was in the military, I was taught that you only do, you know, you only shoot what you can do with one bullet, okay? What's that mean? Uh, I'm, I'm phrasing it wrong. I'm sorry. But you, you need to do it in one shot. That's okay. the idea. All right. Okay. And that's why bolt action, single shot rifles are still very popular in the military, Okay, now what I'm talking about, I'm talking about these weapons that literally do spray out a ton of bullets. If it takes if it takes that to lay down a hug, I did not know that, but I have a hard time believing that it can't be done with an M1 Garand. Okay. Well, the, the fact with hogs is there's actually more than one. There's a huge infestation down there, and they kill many all at once. That's why they need, mm-hmm. that's what they use them for. Okay. Uh, they're destroying farmland and cetera down there. Well, um, have you ever seen the uh, YouTube video of... Okay, but the average uh, caller or the average, I'm sorry, the average caller or the average libertarian or whatever that gets in, you know, hot and bothered about the gun thing, okay, is not concerned with hogs. Would you agree with that? Right. Okay, that's my point. They're concerned with killing a lot of people, in my opinion. At least, (laughs) I I mean, I don't don't know how else to put it. I just, I just, if, if you give them an inch... They will actually eventually take all the guns. That's their that's right, their and I don't want any guns yeah. to be taken. That's fine. Okay, I mean that I get it. But my point is, is that the bulk of the reason people are defending the use of weapons that fire multiple rounds in very short periods of time are for reasons that are uh, counterproductive. And, and to some extent, this um, co- weapons collecting is it, it's a collection thing. It it, it turns oh, sure. into to this uh, I, I don't know sort of gun polishing OT, OTC behavior where you know I've got this kind. Oh, now do I you need mean an, OCD obsessive I, compulsive? I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I've, I've, uh, well, I don't know what OT, over OTC over the counter is over the counter. That's right. <laughs> and this over the counter behavior where uh, people continue to do the, this sort of rote thing over and over. You know, I've got one, I've got two, I've got three, I've got ten, I've got twenty, and um, and you know, I mean, there's a lot of this is one of the reasons why there are many. It, 
and I think you should have as many guns as you want. I just wonder at what at what point have you reached that perfect uh, you know point? Is there? Uh, it's is, like how many? Well, how many muzzle cars do you need? How many I mean, what cars? People that buy a Corvette cars. every year put it on blocks and do I drive it? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I had I, I, I had a '76 you know, Eldorado. That's, I had a '76 Eldorado that sat in my uh, garage for quite some time, um, and it certainly got it and drove it every once in a while. But you couldn't drive it every day, and yeah, I mean it's it's an addiction. Then I wanted a '67 Lincoln with suicide doors, so it happens. <laughs> Russell, I appreciate the call. But Thank the, you. The point is, that what, what got me mad is when that guy from Eric, which he's clearly anti-gun, because he says I got no guns. Well, he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's got no guns. And then you go on the rhetoric, that makes you kind of like anti-gun, too. So Eric that's what who? got me upset. Eric who? Was it, was, was it, he called in every Sunday. Was oh, it Eric? Ed, was that, maybe was oh, Ed. Ed from Tennessee, oh, yeah. Ed. <laughs> yeah, Ed, sorry, Ed doesn't, Ed. admittedly, though, Ed doesn't want to take your guns. He just, yeah, we like me, he that just explicitly. feels that, that, like, especially these high-caliber things, what's the point? That's all. There, those I'm saying. I mean, he may not want that, but if your rhetoric leaves there, then that's the same thing, in my opinion. Thank you, Russell. I'm sorry. Hey, you know, I I see where Russell's coming from on this. Uh, sure. Is that you know that the the debate in this country really is about who should be able to have what and um you know whether or not they should have it, not why. And I understand the your questions as to why. I really do. Um, I mean, really do. You, one, one, you only have so much money, and if you're spending six hundred thousand uh, dollars per rifle, and you've got ten rifles, like maybe you could do something else with that money. Maybe you couldn't. I don't know, but. Uh, I mean, I just I, I think about my life and how I need to spend my money, and it just doesn't seem like hoarding re- rifles is the way I'd want to do it. Eight fifty five, four fifty, free, free talk live. In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society: the wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Brian Sovereign. And Stephanie. Uh, Brian's getting the baptism by fire tonight. Eight five five. Welcome four, to the show. Yeah, <laughs> this is the problem with having opinions, buddy. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. The good thing about Free Talk Live is is that you can bring your opinion to the board, and this is the way opinions get better. Is that, you know, you discuss them with people and at some point or another, somebody's going to make a point that is going to cause you to modify your opinion in some way. And that's that's us. That's you. That's everybody. 855-450-3733. Did I introduce everybody here? Yeah, okay. we introduced Excellent. ourselves. <laughs> uh, very good. Let's go to um, Monty calling from North Dakota. Monty, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? I'm concerned about the possibility of the government railroading through some new kind of gun legislation. I think it's a reasonable fear. There's a over in Europe, I believe it's Austria or Switzerland, that everybody, when they get to a certain age, are trained how to use a weapon and given a weapon. And they're one of the lowest crime nations in the world. It's true. However, 
um, that is a mandatory role. You know, you you are manda- you are required to have a firearm. You're in the so military. <laughs> I, yeah. And um, if you plot the rates of violent crimes and gun ownership in different countries or in different states in the United States, there's really not a correlation e- either way. And we've looked at this here on the show before. So more guns we, does not necessarily equal less crime. But one thing we do know is that, uh, you know, that there are conceivably two million uh, violent crimes that are stopped every year by gun, you know, people who have guns, I mean, the use of guns. And these are statistics that are out there. Uh, and it's so an, it's all an argument from effect, though. Like, what if we think about the principles involved? Right. Do mm-hmm. do we as people who value freedom want to force anybody to have a gun? No. Do we want to force anybody to not have a gun? No, absolutely not. It would involve a lot of force to confiscate everyone's guns. I just think, you know, to me, the answer is in examining violence and the causes of it. Monty. Well, back to my original thought. If everybody is trained how to use a gun and has the right to have one, as our Constitution states, then there is a potential for less crime because the criminals know they're going to get in trouble if they come around somebody else who's got a gun. I was recently in a Walmart store where a guy was buying, looking at an automatic assault-type rifle, and the clerk showed him a shotgun, and I told the guy, don't even pull that thing up unless you're ready to kill with it, because otherwise you will get killed. And I told him, if you get the block buck for that shotgun that he's recommending to you, it'll put out almost as many rounds as that assault rifle in the first time you shoot. Now, I've lived around hunting and fishing all of my life. I cherish my weapons, and I don't want anybody saying that I don't have a right to have a weapon because I might use it wrong. I have one semi-automatic shotgun. Okay, now, Monty, I, I don't, I don't want to take Monty. I don't, I don't want to take any of your weapons away. I don't want to ban anything on planet Earth or the universe, for that matter. Okay, but what I, here's well, my what here's I'm my concern with what you're saying, Monty, is, is that geez. people, Monty, what I'm saying is, is that if everybody is walking around carrying a gun, I, in my opinion, that creates a society of fear. That creates a society that's based on mutually assured destruction that everybody's going to play nice, nice, not because they're actually good people, but because they're afraid they're going to get shot in the face for doing some kind of who knows what, just just insulting someone. And then suddenly, I mean, this is how it was. You want to talk about Europe, how brutal that place used to be. Okay, in Europe, 300 years ago, you used to have, quote-unquote, gentlemen carrying around rapiers and other types of swords who, if you just insulted his sister— he would run you through. I will. I do not want to live in that society anymore. I'm glad that that's gone by. Okay. As far as like the mandatory gun laws over there and things being safer, you know, I don't have any direct answer to that. But I wonder just how much people in Europe are afraid every day because the person next to them could kill them. Because clearly that's the problem that it was 300 years ago. Why would it have gone away now? Okay. But again, I will not live in that society of fear. Absolutely not. Well, the Bible tells you that fear is not of God. I have been around people with sidearms on them in places where they were not wearing a badge and were not part of law enforcement. And I I understand your concern, but there are trade-offs. And the big trade-off is the U.S. government corporation in Washington, D.C. has ordered millions of rounds of ammunition. 
they aren't telling the general public that. Oh yeah, they've got a bunch we of already Monty, know they I appreciate have the way call. more firepower than us. By the way, um, it is true that the Democrats are planning on introducing a bill the very first day of the next congressional season uh, that's targeting high capacity magazines. Yeah, they don't, don't like those high capacity do, magazines. But that's what the internet says. Let's go to Dason in Utah. Dason, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Well, I'd like to first try and correct an error that somebody was talking about earlier. They were saying that competition leads to domination. But the thing is, competition doesn't have anything to do with domination. Domination, by its very nature, has to be forced. It has to have somebody initiating force against another. You can competition. You can compete with people on a voluntary basis without domination at all. So um, I, that seems obvious to me. Yeah, it's just it didn't seem like the person talking before really got that. Yeah, I think that but, I think that people are you know think that uh, competition and cooperation are things that uh, that can't exist together, and uh, I mean. You know, I, I tend to think that they can. I mean, I think that there are situations where one must compete uh, for customers, and I think that there are situations where it's in everyone's benefit to to get along. I mean, I worked at a local radio station, and sometimes during Christmas we would have uh, you know food drives where some of the biggest car dealers in town are at each other's throats all year, come together to help the you know people get food so i think that this can absolutely exist i do appreciate the call thank you dason 855-450-3733 let's go to ryan in arizona ryan you're on free talk live what's on your mind hey hey guys uh i just uh had a question for you as far as uh i guess how intrusive um the police are in new hampshire kind of going through a situation here in phoenix right now and uh it's kind of hurrying up my uh i've been planning on heading out to new hampshire anyways um, I had a kind of a two-year plan going due to okay. uh, my own property out here in Phoenix. So I'm mm-hmm. just kind of um, curious as far, yeah, basically just that as far as how intrusive uh, the police are in your guys' opinions in New Hampshire. I, I you know, I don't know I, I don't what have uh, much basis. Yeah, for I can compare what you're what you're saying, but I mean, you know, my experience is is that I've had a couple of uh, run-ins um, when I was going faster than the posted speed limit. I think uh, three um, in six years uh, was um, has been my experience, and in that time period, I I did not have anything but uh, you know professional inter- four. Now that I can think of it, uh, anything but professional interactions. I did get one ticket, um, and I went and fought that in court, and the guy, you know, was. He just, you know, the way he said it is he's only doing his job, and I really believe that that's what he was doing. I also don't begrudge him for handing out tickets um, in that circumstance. One of the things I like about uh, the way that New Hampshire is set up is that the municipality for which the police officer work does not get the money for the tickets that they hand out. This is extraordinarily important. There are places around the United States where they do their the taxation, you know, like the uh, handing out of tickets is an important part of their tax base. And these where does the money go in New Hampshire? In New Hampshire, it goes to the state as opposed to the municipality. So there is no uh, kickback. Well, do you understand why it doesn't that the, there's an. Yeah, non- I see the di- I see the difference. Sure. If you're a cop working for, you know, Petersburg, yeah. um, New Hampshire, <laughs> and you, uh, you know, you're panning out tickets, it doesn't really matter to you whether or not Concord is getting the money. So you're handing out the tickets. I hope but might they get pressure from the state? You know, no, that, they don't. 
to get no, hand out tickets. Too, the state in New Hampshire is highly inefficient. They have 400 people in the legislature. You know, the bureaucracy just isn't in place. There are fewer government bureaucrats per individual, I think, in New Hampshire than any other state in the union, I think, yeah. as, as my understanding. It may okay. be second. I, I can understand the difference. And I have um, a similar experience to Mark, uh, to the caller. I'm sorry, I forgot. It's Ryan. Right. Um, yeah. I've lived in New Hampshire for six and a half years, gotten pulled over four times, never so much as gotten a ticket or even a parking ticket. Uh, so I really have avoided the state pretty pretty well, I would say. Yep. Um, and and I, they don't really bug me. I would like to point out that for the longest time, I was driving around a really crappy car. Um, so, <laughs> and you're a male. Sometimes they target men. Yeah, and, I don't yeah. have long hair, and I'm not running around being black, uh, which of course can be a you know terrible offense in some places. But um, you know, that's I did have the crappy car, which is one aspect of you know what seems to be a way that people get tickets. Thanks for the call, Ryan. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL has also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-453. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about, as evidenced by all the different calls we've had this evening on all different subjects. 855-450-3733. It is Mark with you. And Brian Sovereign. And Stephanie. And you can reach us, like I said, at 855-450-3733. Also, if you want to get some archives of the show, most radio programs will say, well, you know, all you got to do is pay us uh, $9 a month and we'll make you part of our uh, super good guy club and you can uh, have all the archives you want. I don't even know how they work. I haven't paid for any of them. But, um, you know, you'll, you'll get our podcast. Well, not with Free Talk Live. We give away the podcast and we give away the archives. Years and years and years worth of archives over at archives.freetalklive.com. More content likely than you could go through in a long time. 855 <laughs> Let's go to Tina in Arizona. Tina, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. Actually, I think um, you mean Athena? Athena? Okay, well, anyway, hi, uh, yeah, it's Athena. Sorry. Okay. Um, hi, Athena. I was talking about, hi, how are you? Great. Um, I, I was thinking about the, um, uh, the Blue Ridge Project in Asheville. I actually did a little bit of research on just what the state was like okay. regarding um, those of us that are in the, I'll call it the Q continuum. The Q um, continuum? Uh, please, the you, Q if continuum. you're going to call it the Q continuum, you're going to need to tell me what that is. <laughs> Okay, well, I, I'm, I get to mean, well, you know, LGBT, IQ, and they keep adding letters. So oh. for me, I try to come up with an abbreviation for it. I, I just call it Q. Okay. You so know, queer. I'm talking to about my friends and stuff like that. Yeah, more or less. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway. Um, and I, I personally, I don't really think I would want to move to um, uh, North Carolina. They're not really, I'll say, very enlightened as a state as far as all those issues are concerned. You know, there's no mm. equal marriage or anything like that. 
Um, Asheville apparently is kind of an enclave where they are more accepting, but once you leave that little town, the surrounding area, not so much. Okay. So I mm. personally, I, I don't think it would be ideal. I mean, if you're straight and you like liberty, then maybe that would be okay. Um, you know, and I hope that if a person has kids, that they don't turn out to be gay, because God help them if they do. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I see. Anyways, I, 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 yeah. That's important to me, too, Athena. And I wonder, um, like, have you done any research as far as New Hampshire is concerned? New Hampshire looks to me a lot better. I mean, you know, I did go up there and, and talk to some people and say some things to find out what kind of reaction I got. Um, where, where'd you go? Because I, 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 where, where, where'd I, you? I was, I was, at, I was at Pork Fest. Last, okay. You know, last year. Did we meet? And I don't know. Next time you I go, make sure you. I spent a lot of time sh- wandering around. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of time wandering around, and occasionally I took this swim because it was really hot. Uh, so, um, but I, I, I mean, I know that they could, you know, that, uh, New Hampshire has the, uh, you know, gay marriage or, you know, yep. marriage equality. The, the first state in the union to allow, le- uh, to, yeah. to legislate, uh, legal, uh, legal marriage between, uh, you know, people mm-hmm. of the same, same gender. Not only that, but I found right. out that there is a lesbian resort in New Hampshire, oh, in really? Bethlehem, New Hampshire. Um, yeah, I've, I haven't really checked. There's some gay clubs in Manchester as well. I haven't really checked, um, like too many other things about that, but I think it indicates some cultural um, openness, you know, to queer people of all different kinds too. Yeah. And, and I don't know, I mean, I'm, I don't really consider myself to be gay, but mm-hmm. I'm somewhere in that area. So, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's always something that I try to find out how do they treat gay people? Cause I know if they don't yeah. like gay people, they're not going to like me. Oh yeah. That's so, affects your life you know. a lot too. I, I can yeah. understand that. Not gay, but in yeah. a, a, an adjoining zip code. Tina, I thank you for the yeah, call. Right. That was Athena. <laughs> Athena. I, you know, I was looking at the thing here. I'd written it down right here. Oh, what are you going to do? Once it's up there on the uh, computer, that's your name. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to remember. So um, the reason that all three of us on the show here are in New Hampshire tonight is because of the Free State Project. And um, Athena kind of brought that up in her call. The Free State Project is a organization that exists to encourage liberty-loving people to move to New Hampshire and to get active for more freedom in their lifetimes. And it doesn't really have much, take many positions, uh, not many specifics beyond that. So it is a big tent movement, um, you know, if, if that's important to you. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in, I know, you know, New Hampshire was a lot more free than where I lived before, which was Massachusetts. So it was very easy to move here for me. And it seemed like kind of a no brainer. <laughs> and so I've been really happy living here for the past six years. And it's freestateproject.org. Yeah, and you'll sign up there. Just like the, what all of us did? Yes. Uh, yeah. There you go. Uh, freestateproject.org. Let's go to Seth. Seth, you're on Free Talk Live. Where are you calling from? Arkansas. Arkansas. Great. But I'm moving to North Carolina. Okay. Blue Ridge Liberty Project. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Are you uh, are, are you an LBGT folks? No. Okay. <laughs> I have a lady. Um, but I, I just, I figured New Hampshire is cold, and I figured no one is going to take a dude with a thick southern accent serious in New Hampshire well, trying to articulate the philosophy of liberty. I disagree no with that entirely. Everybody be like, just say y'all. Just say y'all again. No. You know, just talk. <laughs> I... I... I don't think that I don't think that's the case at all. I mean, to, to some extent, I have a southern accent, but I mean, I know lots of people up here who've moved for the Free State Project that have them, and they're relatively. I common. think you would be like a hot commodity, almost like a rare jewel. He has a lady. Well, let's like leave the poor guy alone. 
<laughs> but um, you know, you know, move where move wherever's best for you. Um, what is what's your goal for moving to the uh, Blue Ridge Liberty Project? Oh, there! I do not have a goal at all. I Good. will just. I love because they're I successful the already, so they don't, they don't. You know, they're not going to achieve any goals. <laughs> well, is well, that well, kind they, of a dig at them? That's what they said. They said they were successful already. Okay. How I, can you achieve goals when I you're successful already? I have some thoughts on this that I want to say on the air. <laughs> I listened to that interview, you know, that you guys did with Chase, and honestly, I wasn't that satisfied with with either side. And the people that are going to move, I really like the Blue Ridge Liberty Project statement of intent. Actually, I like it better than the Free State Project. I like it too. I At wish the they had started in New Hampshire. Yeah, so so do I too for selfish selfish reasons. Sure. In 2006 when I was like in the market to move somewhere for more liberty, New Hampshire was the only thing that really existed, the only viable option, so I came here. But if if Blue Ridge had existed, if they had those stated goals and if I knew everything that I knew today, part of which I owe to being in New Hampshire around a lot of other people who have very developed, well-developed ideas about liberty. Um, I might have considered, you know, moving there very seriously. That's an if situation. In 2006, the New Ham- uh, the the Free State Project was far less successful than it is currently. Yeah. It's a lot easier to write things on the internet than it is to achieve the kind of successes that right. the, the Free State Project What I want to say, the most important thing I want to get out about the Blue Ridge Liberty Project is the type of people I think they're trying to attract, the voluntarists, the peaceful parents... I really want those yep. people to to be my neighbors to I like live those here. Folks too. I want them to live here more than the just simple voluntarists or people or minarchists or maybe people who would move from the Free State Project because that's the type of person that I value. And I wish I would like to be a vocal person in the Free State Project who encourages those kind of people to come live here in New Hampshire if that's what they think would meet their needs best. I I don't think that um, you know these two projects are. Uh, like stealing people from one another. Like I don't, I don't want there to be animosity between them. As far as I'm concerned, like if that works for you to move to North Carolina, that's great. If it moves, you know, let me ask you this, Seth, if, uh, if it hadn't been for the Blue Ridge Liberty Project, do you think you might've moved to New Hampshire? I've been studying the free state project for years. Um, but there's a better I'll, option for him I, now. When, yeah, but hey, that's when, when, I, when Ian's been arrested, when Ademo's been arrested, I was on the phone. You know what I thank mean? You. From Arkansas, I was on the phone calling whatever police station. When something was happening, I'm with somebody up there. I've always been active, actively watching and caring. And I hope that the two projects, and even uh, John and those guys down in Texas, that we can all have each other's back via the internet, via the phones, via looking out for each other you know i don't like to see the animosity between the two i really called to talk about guns that lady just kind of threw me off go right ahead (laughs) but no i was just going to talk about assault rifles you know i mean i don't have the money to afford one you know we have two pistols i have a pistol my lady has a pistol and then i have a shotgun to protect the house as well but i don't have assault rifle but i know people that do and i know where they live and i know where they are and i know if stuff ever hit the fan where I could go, you know? And I don't like assault rifles for hunting. I don't think they are for hunting. I, my main concern, if we are, in, if, if there is a, a coming economic situation or anything like that, or just I, my worst fear on this world, on this Thanks earth, for the call, Seth. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733.
DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Brian. And Stephanie. 855-450-FREE. And I want to tell you about BitPay.com. You've heard us talking about Bitcoins here on Free Talk Live, if you've been listening to Free Talk Live at all. And if not, Bitcoins are an online, (laughs) peer-to-peer, open-source currency um, that it you know, it was made for the internet. It's like cash for the internet. If you have a business and you want to accept bitcoins, uh, there's a you're you're in luck because BitPay has made it easy for you. Thanks to BitPay, there's now an easy way for any website, charity, or retail store to accept bitcoins and have them instantly converted into cash and deposited right into your bank account. The fees are much lower than credit cards, and there's no risk of chargebacks or fraud. Visit BitPay.com if you've got a business or an online business. To get started, it's bitpay.com. They do make it easy for you. Let's go right into the calls. We've had a bunch of them tonight, thank goodness. Let's take uh, Rudy in Texas. Rudy, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, how we doing? Uh, love the show. Love the show. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, um, I'm kind of kind of in a PO'd mood about the stuff going on with, uh, with this physical cliff. The fiscal cliff, Has uh-huh. Has this country ever been in the black no and has has when did all the how can i say this uh what what the hell happened (laughs) (laughs) well the the fiscal cliff the fiscal cliff is really a news cycle uh phenomenon more than anything it is um when some taxes will you know some tax rebates essentially will go you know cease to be in effect and you know, the thing with taxes is they can always retroactively change them. Um, so right. I think it's just an arbitrary date and it makes it exciting to talk about what's going on in Washington. And um, it looks to me like the uh, at this point that the Republicans are losing this sort of imaginary tug of war. Uh-huh. Uh, hello? I'm, I'm the, yes. Oh, OK. I thought I lost you there. No. No, I mean, because it, it seems that... Uh, uh, I keep paying more and more and more and more, and we're getting deeper and deeper in debt. I mean, because uh, I understand my, you know, my credit, you know, which I, my cards, you know, stuff, what I get on, whatever I get, that's my debt. I don't mm-hmm. give it to nobody else. I don't ask my neighbors to pay mm-hmm. or anybody else to pay. But it seems that the government is just borrowing and giving and borrowing and giving and giving, doing whatever they're even spending money that they don't even have they haven't even confiscated to me i think it's immoral for the government to carry 
to carry debt. I mean, it's absolutely immoral because they have to force people who aren't even born yet. to pay People it off. are dying and right. being born all the time. And it's ridiculous that my four and a half year old son, who's never done anything, uh, you know, never done anything but earn a few bucks picking up sticks in the yard, um, has exactly. somehow exactly. has a debt of, you know, fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't even haven't even seen life yet that here, you know, before you even walk yeah. out the door. I mean, how much more of our fair share do we have to keep giving? I mean, I, I, this, you know, it's this, Rudy, this, I think it's ridiculous. your unfair share. <laughs> you could call it that. <laughs> but, you know, when you said the thing about knowing your own finances, it reminded me of this infographic that I saw today. And I just want to uh-huh. read this really briefly here. If you remove eight zeros, eight zeros that's uh what a hundred million dollars right so you scale it down by that much from the federal debt numbers and you it goes down to the size of about a family's budget so here are the numbers if the federal government were a family and what they would be doing so the annual family income is twenty one thousand seven hundred dollars okay right money that the family spent this year thirty eight thousand two hundred dollars new debt this year on the credit card sixteen thousand five hundred Outstanding balance on their credit card from years past, $162,710. So it's a family that makes $21,000 a year, is spending $40,000 a year that they don't, you know. That's a bad year. On their credit cards and had also $162,000 of debt that they still haven't paid off already on their credit card. These people are irresponsible. (laughs) And they've cut the budget. You want to hear the budget cuts so far? Three hundred and eighty-five dollars. Three hundred and eighty-five dollars. <laughs> so they need wow. to essentially cut their spending in half just to not incur any more debt this year, and they've only cut it, you know, through a pittance. <laughs> Has this country ever been in the black? No. Um, under Andrew Jackson, it was, I think, $60,000, which, of course, was a different, um, you know, the dollar was a different thing back then. But I think it was right. uh, $60,000 was the debt under Andrew Jackson. He was probably the most fiscally uh, responsible president that we had. Of course, that was the early 19th century, um, 200 years ago. So I, at this point, yeah. your kids, you're still paying the interest on the Spanish-American War. Yeah, that. I, what is it? One cent per dollar, whatever that. Whatever. I don't know, but it's irresponsible to make me pay it. <laughs> yeah. I love the show. Love the show. Thanks, Thank Rudy. You. Appreciate it. Thanks. Eight fifty five, four fifty free. So, Stephanie, we were talking about the Blue Ridge Liberty Project, and uh, ah, yes. you were less than satisfied with my, I guess, interview uh, with Chase and with Chases. I mean, I thought to be fair. There were some times when um, I know Chase was really happy for the publicity. Yes. And I don't blame him for that, of course. But he should be. There were some times when, he, you know, you he should guys be happy would... for this publicity right now, too. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were some times when you guys would ask him a question and he would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, even if it was a challenging question, he would say, oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. And oh, this about Asheville, like he wouldn't really answer the question. Mm-hmm. I was I was less than satisfied with some of those answers. But uh, there were also times where I, I perceived some jealousy, I guess, in you I, and Ian's voice. I think jealousy is the right term. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think it is envy i don't i'm not sure exactly what it is but i tell me more about that i can i can tell you um that uh, what my experience is is that i really want this blue ridge liberty project to succeed in new hampshire and my concern is is that um they've picked Asheville for a couple of you know for i, I my concern i have some deep concerns uh, that you know that there's a that there's a strong there's a couple of strong individuals and i'd say that there, there's one strong individual justin stout who didn't call in chase's uh, chase called in and i think he did a really great job and that you know justin had started the southeast liberty project and you know that didn't really 
work out or whatever happened with it. They had picked Eastern Tennessee, and right. you know, I guess nobody. I don't know. I don't know what happened precisely, but you know, I think it, the Southeast Delivery Project was like a huge area of land. Like it yeah, was the whole was. Southeast, right? And they and, voted on Eastern Tennessee, and then the Blue Ridge is kind of that version 2.0. They're going to focus on yep. creating the, a community in Asheville. So we're and, already at version 2.0, which of course the Free State Project which really that's is fine. too. Maybe there, yeah, maybe there's a good reason for that. Like sometimes when you start a project like that, you don't have all the bugs ironed out. You don't know how it's going to. Uh, develop and so it makes sense to revise the plan accordingly and I, I really really like what the Blue Ridge Liberty Project says um, I like it too the only question I have about it is like uh, if somebody's not into like if somebody does not want to be a parent someone like me would I be welcome there and I, I don't I know. I think you would. Probably, but, um, but it may not be the best, you know, the most. They have that kind of we're going to breed uh, liberty uh, sound to them. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah, I think one of the initial things that attracted me to the Free State Project and may still attract me more to it than, say, Blue Ridge, which, you know, all their statements of intent and whatever are fine. You know, they're, they're great. Peaceful parenting, all that's awesome. Um, but liberty in our lifetime. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want it for me. I don't too. want it in the next generation. But that's I just want a, it right now. Do you understand that that's just a, a statement? I mean, you know, sure. just because somebody said liberty in our lifetime doesn't mean that New Hampshire is going to be free in our lifetimes. I mean, I think that that to, to me that uh, they took a sort of a response. He took a responsible stance when he said, I, I don't know how long it'll take. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the marketing line. It's it, it, it's 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 alliterative. 855-450-3733. Free Talk you can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call. Talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Brian. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. You can listen to Free Talk Live in so many different ways. Um, not only are we on more than 100 radio great, great radio stations across the country and, of course, uh, XM, but we're also on free-to-air satellite. We've got live streams on the Internet, um, the webcam, listen lines where you can call in to a number and listen uh, from your cell phone. Of course, now your charges do apply. Um, but you can find all those different options at listen.freetalklive.com because we attempt to make this available to you as in, in as many ways as we possibly can. It's listen.freetalklive.com. And I just talked to you about uh, uh, taking Bitcoins at your business. Um, if you want to <laughs> get some Bitcoins, bitinstant.com is the fastest, safest, and easiest way to acquire Bitcoins. Bitinstant.com makes it possible for you to deposit money at more than a million locations worldwide, including your computer at home, in more than 30 different countries. And all you have to do is go to bitinstant.com, select how you want to fund your account, where your account is, and make the deposit. It's that easy. Bitinstant.com. Bitcoins are, as I said previously, a currency. It obviously costs money to uh, you know buy a, another currency. People just don't give it to you. So um, BitInstant is the best way to you know, to make that exchange to uh, to, to get those uh, those bitcoins. And 
I'm got to say, I'm heavily invested in Bitcoins. I, I think that they're going to continue to go up. I think that they're the greatest invention since the Internet, and I'm, I'm really excited about them. And you can get Bitcoins no matter where you are. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, at least I, I, at least I can do it here. That's the whole point. <laughs> yeah, they can be used anywhere. Mm-hmm. Iran, you name it. Yeah. yeah, as a matter of fact, they are being used in uh, Iran. Yeah. Um, it's They were having lots of trouble with sanctions, still are having lots of trouble with sanctions, and people are getting around that. Some people are getting around that with uh, with Bitcoins. They're being used in Greece, which is having a, a huge problem with uh, you know their little debt crisis, and uh, um, Argentina. Yeah. So, you know, Bitcoins, uh, P- Bitcoin's free people. And I think that they're one of the greatest liberty projects, uh, you know, of, yeah. they're the greatest liberty project of my lifetime. Um, I think that they beat uh, the Free State Project hands down. Oh, I would agree. Um, uh, and the Blue Ridge Liberty Project and every other one of these things that we're talking about, the deck chairs on uh, the you know the Titanic here. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about the Blue Ridge Liberty Project versus the Free State Project. And yeah. this is one, one thing I want to make it clear is I like the Free State Project as an idea of uh, where you can move to be freer. But it's not the end-all, be-all to me. I, I, I put it in the middle of the pack um, as far as uh, you know ideas. First, I think Bitcoins are a really great idea. Um, I also think that the folks in Anonymous have done an incredible amount in, Wiki, in WikiLeaks and, and things like that. The Internet communication has done a great deal to, for human freedom. Um, you know, I think that these are the these are big, big issues. Um, I like the idea of peaceful parenting. I think that that's a good thing, and that uh, you know, raising the uh, the next generation um, in a way that they don't use domination in order to get what they want. I I love that idea, and I'm hoping I'm doing something just like that. I think that parenting is is a difficult task at best. It makes incredible sense to me, and you know, I I don't want to be a parent, but I really respect those ideas. The way that I think of children has completely changed because of learning about peaceful parenting, which I'm really happy about. But, you know, I think that really is the future where the liberty movement is going is in terms of peaceful parenting and those ideas. And I would love to and see... And you can do that anywhere. You can do it anywhere. Mm-hmm. I think it helps I think it, if you have... it's better to have a community. It helps And I would love have to community. have a community like that here in New Hampshire. I think and we I do. I think there are lots of... And I am jealous of the Blue, uh, the Blue Ridge Liberty Project um, setting up in Asheville, North Carolina, rather mm-hmm. than in, in New Hampshire. So I'm you, willing to state all of those things. So you wish that those people were in New Hampshire? I do. Yeah. Um, and stated it multiple times, even during the, the interview with Chase. Yeah. And um, I think that it is an inefficient thing to set up there. One more project I want to mention is blueseed.ca. This is a project to take uh, basically, um, you know, to build, uh, you know, cities out on the water. And I think it's fascinating. You know, here in New Hampshire, what the proposal is, is to essentially move 20,000 liberty loving individuals um, to the state to, you know, do whatever to assert the maximum effort to create a uh, government whose maximum role is life, liberty, the pursuit of life, liberty and property, that kind of thing. So. Let's call it uh, move to New Hampshire and fight the statists for liberty for a lifetime, and then hopefully you'll have something like liberty at the end of a lifetime. Where with the Blue Seed Project, they're going to be launching in December 2013, you know, so less than a year, hopefully, and you'll be basically having a – you're going to be building a free enclave from the ground up as opposed to trying to work around the auspices of the but, state. It's going to be still But the expectation is you can't stay there forever, right? Like you have to leave within two years or something this and is go the, back to the mainland? Yeah, but you're looking at their first boat, mm-hmm. Stephanie. I mean their first boat is an idea of getting um, you know, people who are having basically immigration issues. Uh, you know, it's, a, it's an on, a startup enclave for businesses outside mm-hmm. of Silicon Valley. But if that works, then – 
there's a lot of derelict ships out there and people can, can you know now we've we've created a, a moment in time where you actually can live on a boat it wasn't really possible now with 4G internet coming from your cell phone and things like that you can really you can have electricity and you know with the you know motion wave generator things and you can have electricity you can have uh, you know plumbing you can have uh, internet and all the things that you want to have out on a boat and we haven't been able to do that previously and i think that that's what you know this moment in time um you know why that why that to me is more exciting yeah i would agree um i actually i host my own show called sovereign tech s o v r y n tech and you can find it on soundcloud and that's all about technology and how it's setting everybody free. I mean, philosophy and ideology is the core, you know, but the means to get this stuff out there is totally, you know, technological. It always has been. Technology yes. has always freed us. Yeah, and from it, the Gutenberg press up. Yeah, it, 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 you know, even before that. But yeah, I mean, it, 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 but the Gutenberg press is a really great idea yeah. item to, uh, yeah. to look at as far as freedom goes. And a technology may make the Free State Project superfluous. And if it does, it will make the Blue Ridge, Blue Ridge Liberty Project superfluous at the same time. So really what um, – and I put together a page called uh, the Move Here – excuse me, Move Here Project. Uh, it's at uh, Facebook.com slash Move Here Project with the intention of chronicling all kinds of uh, you know projects where people have said move here, move there. Huh. Um, and Interesting. Did you take a look at it yet? No, I okay. have just first I've heard of it. And I have. There are – 18, 20 of them there on the page. And, you know, most of them are abject failures. And one of the things that concerns me is is that a lot of them have to do with a, a person who holds – here in New Hampshire, we've had the Liberty Jesus phenomenon. The Liberty Jesus phenomenon is that person who believes in liberty, who's going to come here and save us all. They're extroverts. They, uh, you know, they, 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 they know what they're talking about. They've got a good idea, and they're going to come here, and they're going to save us all. And they find out relatively quickly, you're either going to work with people or that's it. I mean, like, it's just you're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not here to save us. You're not our savior. Are you talking about Ian? No, I uh, I don't think Ian even fits this mold. Okay. Ian, Ian wants more people to do more things. Yeah, okay. Ian's definitely not extroverted. I don't want to call <laughs> names, but there are people that have moved here with the idea that, you know, you're going to play things my way, do things my way, uh, and, you know, it's it's gone poorly for them. Yeah, I see. And uh, I, I think that many of these other projects have kind of had that Liberty Jesus central figure. Mm -hmm. Here's what happens to Liberty Jesus. Liberty Jesus gets tired. He dies for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> he gets tired, and he can't. You can't keep it up over time. Whereas well, he's bleeding, I mean, all over the place. <laughs> whereas in New Hampshire, we don't have. There is no central figure. You can't point to that central figure with the Free State Project. Even Jason Sorens, the founder, he hasn't he even moved even live yet. Here. Yeah, and I, I don't. Really. I, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not saying it's bad that he hasn't moved. I'm, I, I think it's fine. He should do whatever's good for him and his family. He's just a guy with a great a grad student with a great idea that really worked out. Um, and what I like is the decentralized aspect of the Free State Project. And I don't think that a lot of these projects have had a decentralized aspect. I think they've had a very centralized aspect. Yep. And when that's a that's a point to bring up, sure. That one person runs out of energy, and they will because you know all activists burn out at some point, and you know then they charge back up and they burn out again. Um, yeah, you know I, I I don't know I I just I I, I find I, it unlikely the Blue Ridge Liberty Project without uh, the influx of uh, the voluntarists that they're they're looking for. I hope the voluntarists and peaceful parents will at least consider coming here, visit Porkfest, or look into it. I'd love Many to have, have you as my neighbor. I, I would like them too. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live.
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You know, we it's, uh, it's Mark with you. And Brian. And Stephanie. We had a whole bunch of calls piled up there at the beginning of the show, and I guess, uh, you know... It's how it comes. It comes in bunches. Like did did bunches I win like my this. argument? Is that what happened? You won. No. <laughs> Congratulations. Ding, ding, ding. There are no winners, Brian. Right. <laughs> Trying to get across here. No winners. Uh, but you can give us a call at 855-450-3733. In the meantime, we will talk about the things that uh, you know we brought in for show prep. Stephanie, what do you got for me? Do you want to talk about the FDA and the muscular dystrophy boy or the college student who got a restraining order against her helicopter parents? Well, that's it sounds interesting. Uh, college student with the uh, helicopter parents. I'm, I'm... OK, so this is from theblaze.com. I've never heard of this website, so I don't know if I can comment. That's on a it. Uh, Glenn Beck website. Oh, interesting. Okay. And the author is Jonathan M. Seidel. There's a term out there called helicopter parents, moms and dads who do more than just take an interest in their kids, but try to dictate their every move, take an interest in every detail, and even live vicariously through their sons and daughters. 21-year-old Aubrey Ireland knows the type full well. That's because she just got a restraining order case, or won a restraining order case against her parents, <laughs> who have taken the idea of being involved to a whole new extreme. And there is a... Uh, What's her last name? Aubrey Ireland. Ireland? Okay. Mm-hmm. There's a picture of her. She's a she's a senior actress. She's an acting student, I guess, at the University of Cincinnati's College Conservatory of Music. Good luck to her. Which is a very prestigious school. She's um, there's a picture of her. She looks very beautiful. Sure, she's talented. Uh, this fall, she she better be if she wants to be an actress. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of competition in that market. Stiff. Yeah. Uh, this fall, she had it with her overbearing parents, and the school was tired of it too, uh, having witnessed their odd behavior for years. <laughs> Aubrey filed a civil stalking case against them, and the judge heard the details, and he ordered Aubrey's parents to stay away. Now, this surprises me that a judge would um, usually like the overwhelming uh, biases toward the parents, yes, even when I they think do things be. like and, this. And the very fact that stalking. Uh, the, the judge made this ruling shows to me that these parents are probably way over the top. So here's what they did. Well, before we, uh, I do want to hear totally what they did because it sounds very uh, fascinating. But uh, I've got uh, Annie on the line from oh, St. Louis. Sure. Annie, you're you're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, how you doing? All's well. Always love to hear your lovely voices. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you know, I called in to talk about uh, politics, but since Stephanie brought up the story. Um, are you guys familiar with uh, Dr. Wallach, the longevity guy? I think I've heard of him, but yeah. not super familiar. I've heard okay, of him, sure. He, okay, he's, you know, advertises on um, GCN radio. Yeah. Anyway, I was listening to an interview he was giving one day where 
he apparently has a, um, I don't want to call it a cure, but a really good treatment for muscular dystrophy. Okay. And he brought it to Jerry Lewis's attention. And apparently that's why he wasn't on the telethon last year. Okay. Wait, because so Jerry Lewis he, had a muscular dystrophy um, telethon, and he got he cured? One, he used to have one every year. Uh-huh. Right. And apparently this doctor brought to his attention that there was a cure or a really good treatment for this disease, and the muscular dystrophy association didn't want to hear about it and didn't allow him on the telethon. Well, that's uh, it, it, it's interesting. It's uh, quite an allegation. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to do some research into that. Yeah. So, you know, since Stephanie was bringing that up, I just kind of thought about that and brought it up. Yeah. So well, what was it about politics you want to talk about, Annie? Well, I was just, you know, it's like uh, red and blue, you know, bloods and crips. <laughs> yeah, pretty They're much. They're both wings of the same bird. They're both wings of the same bird. It's yeah, like it's a big ugly really, bird too. Yeah, and like if you really look at who's running this country, it's a bunch of bank banking people. It's certainly those in, uh, those with a lot of money. Um, you know, I mean, but but the rich have always uh, ruled. I mean, rich uh, wealth and power have sort of always gone together throughout human history. Okay, that's what I wanted to talk about. Thanks, Annie. Appreciate the call. Thanks. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Yeah, it's um, you know, I, it's it's hard to get excited about one of the one party over another. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or the just the political system in general. Two wings of one big stinky bird. Indeed. Okay, let's get back into talking about Aubrey Ireland. Uh, we were just about to. She's the student who won a civil stalking case against her parents, and we're just about to hear what the parents did. To her, I feel a lot of empathy for Aubrey when I read this, and I think it's very sad that um, the behaviors that her parents have done, mm-hmm. essentially, if if somebody else did them, if a boyfriend or an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend or whatever did these things to her, people would say, without a doubt, yeah, that is stalking. Right. That is really scary behavior. That's threatening. But when her parents do it, um, I think there are lots of people who would just say, well, her parents are just doing it because they love her. Like, replace that with her ex-boyfriend. He's just doing it because he loves her, right? Um, so here's some... Right, I think that the, the, those those can be true statements um, for themselves. It's just uh, persons, people that don't understand boundaries. Yeah, I think there's a double standard in terms of what people consider appropriate boundaries for a parent versus a... <sighs> I think people have more understanding um, because the fact is that parents have to treat you like a baby in the portion of your life when you're a baby. Whereas boyfriends don't generally start, you know, from, uh, you know, childbirth and care for you on all the way up. Parents have a special and unique relationship. So people can understand why some parents have a difficult time letting go uh, more so than others. This is a, an incredibly extreme case of not letting go bell curves right like uh you know for for every parent you know the parents the parents at the the center of the bell curve are going to have trouble letting go because that's just sort of normal behavior the ones out at the very end of the bell curve they're going to be terrible at it 
So here's what they did. Um, her parents, David and Julie Ireland, often often drove 600 miles from Leewood, Kansas, unannounced to visit their daughter. They she ac- thought she was getting far enough away with that 600 miles. Yeah. Uh, they accused her of doing illegal drugs, promiscuity, and suffering from mental woes. She insisted that none <laughs> right. of this was true. I mean, here. gee, driving me nuts. <laughs> I wonder if somebody had really overbearing parents, maybe they would be a little bit um, mentally troubled. But is that their fault? And is that like they're accusing her of it as if there's something wrong with her when they're the ones who are stalking her? Um, so anyway, then they say they knew about what they saw as their daughter's problems because they had installed monitoring software on her laptop and cell phone, allowing them to see her every keystroke and phone number dialed or received. So who bought this laptop and cell phone? It doesn't say. I'm guessing the parents, otherwise they wouldn't have had an opportunity to do it. Uh, I don't know. I can't tell from this article. If you accept uh, gifts from people, uh, you know, if you accept things from people, especially people that you know to be somewhat intrusive, um, and I mean, you can you can reasonably guess that those uh, those people have. I mean, they have. I suppose they have certain rights to their property, right? No, she's an so? adult who's her a full person. Wait a second. Are you telling me I can't give you a laptop that has monitoring devices and stuff on that if I tell you about it? I think that would be. Well, they didn't tell her about it. Okay, but but um, you know that's a big difference. I, I, mean, I, I understand. If you wanted to give me a laptop that, and you were like, "Oh yeah, by the way, there's a webcam where I can see what you're wearing every time you use this," mm-hmm. or and it will log every keystroke, I would say thanks, but no thanks, and you're a crappy friend. Yes, but but this this would be happening in a uh, um, in a in a situation where I had never done this before because I really you know as much as I'd like to see you through a webcam without clothes on, <laughs> um, I wow. Tell <laughs> me, Brian. <laughs> I'm not willing to invest $600 in a laptop to do it. Um, I'm glad. Whereas they, the the parents have probably done things like this her whole life, so it's like a reasonable expectation for her. Does that to, make it okay, though? Well, I guess it's okay. So, like, now we're you're asking me um, what I think about other people's parenting styles, and this is the single easiest question to get people's opinions on because it is easy to give them. Um, being a parent is an 18-year process, and it takes a really long period of time to do it, and some people are going to do it differently than other people do it. I don't think it's a good idea to treat your kids the way these people have treated their kids. I don't think that. However, I also am for any interaction that doesn't involve violence. So therefore, if that's how they want to treat their kid, I, I, Yeah, but do kids have the right to a closed door for the room? Do they have the right? No. They, they don't do. have a right to a room. They, uh, you know, I mean, as a parent, I can have them sleep in the couch. Wow. But don't they have a right to privacy? I, I don't think. Uh, no, I don't think a right to privacy exists. Oh, I think there's public schools that agree with you. <laughs> and the government, Eight, the NSA. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. Free 
Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Brian Sovereign. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. When you do your online shopping and you probably do, you know, a fair amount of online shopping. Go through shop.freetalklive.com, specifically uh, the computer site Newegg and uh, Amazon.com. But between them, you can get most of the things that you need in life. So, you know, when you're looking around at things, places you want to buy and you decide you want to buy on Amazon, go through shop.freetalklive.com. We uh, get a little spiff there. You get the same prices, same service that you normally get. Free Talk Live gets a little extra. You know, it's true. This week I ran out of paper towels. And I thought that I probably wasn't going to get to the store in the next two days. So I ordered a box of paper towels on Amazon, came right to my door, didn't have to leave the house. And two <laughs> days later. I wish I could have been around for this experience. It must be kind of, you know, it was going awesome. online and buying paper towels. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one of the ones where they win with the free shipping there. Yeah. Because they're so light. Yeah. Mm. Very convenient. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. Okay, so we were talking about Aubrey Ireland. She's an aspiring actress, and she's maybe she's graduated from college by now, but she's a senior college student in acting and music. And she had some very, uh, I would call them, uh, parents who were doing some stalking behaviors, including uh, visiting her 600 miles away unannounced, accusing her of all kinds of things like doing illegal drugs, being promiscuous, and suffering from mental problems. And they, they spied on her through her laptop and cell phone, uh, with a key logger, and they could see somehow every phone number that was dialed or received on her phone. And she said that she felt like a dog with a collar on. So, well, you know, I got to wonder real real quick. There was a few years ago, there was the uh, the case where public schools were giving laptops because they were kind of required for students to use them. And these were even like middle school and high school, I think. Uh, and they didn't tell anybody, but they turned the webcams on. They The school itself... The superintendent could control the webcams and the microphones on these. So they could look at these kids at home in their bedrooms doing who knows what. Okay. Would these same parents have had a problem with that? So um, it's it's creepy behavior. when It's okay when I spy on my kids, but (laughs) nobody else. (laughs) It's it's absolutely creepy behavior, but it's probably the kind of creepy behavior she's used to. Um, Do you think that makes it okay? I hope she's not like messed up uh, from these people. Oh, I think. Anyone would be messed up having these kind of parents. My my concern is is that what was the reason for the stalking thing? I mean, now if you're, I guess if somebody comes to your apartment door and they knock over and over and over again, um, and you can't get any sleep in there, that that's that would qualify for me as stalking. But if I accept a computer from them that you know at some point or another I figure out that they're watching me through the the, the cam on the computer, um, and I would think that she is familiar with this. These pro- people probably went through her drawers when she was a girl. They probably had a tracking device on the car that they let her go in. And, you know, if people who are abused usually think the abuse is normal, Mark. Oh, yeah. And, but if this behavior is out in the open, if it's uh, if it's clear, then I think it's I, I think it's if you want independent adults, you need to raise independent kids. Independent adults are the ones that are going to make their way in this world and not be the dogs and the sheep of life. So I support that 100 percent. But I also 
think that it it's a you know it's an easy thing to do is sit around and tell other people how they should parent. Um, it's a it's an easy and fun hobby, and I you can watch you can watch at any day, dinner table uh, around America. This is what they spend a great deal of time talking about is how other folks raise their kids. Yeah, but but as adults who were once some of us not so long ago uh, or some longer than others uh, were kids, I think we can tell them exactly what we what would have saved us from trouble? Yeah, would we have wanted to be treated this way? And I think the answer is overwhelmingly no. Sure. We didn't ask to be their child. This was an unchosen relationship. Well, this is not didn't... like she got married to a guy who she chose or a woman who she chose. She did not choose to be the, the child of these people. And so I think that gives them an obligation. You know, they brought her into the world. You could say it's like almost as if they invited her into their home, you know, as a house guest. And and she didn't chose, choose it. And so they, I think, have an obligation to treat her in a way that she would want to, cho- to choose to be in that relationship. It's a unique relationship, parent and child. And there's no way to even create an analogy around it because it's just singular in the way that it is. And you can mess your kid up. And maybe these people did such a thing. I think that I think that um, when it comes maybe? to well, I think that the fact is, is that every kid's messed up by every parent. It's just an issue of how much. Okay, I mean, so we're talking about an issue of mitigating of harm reduction here. And I don't think these people have done a great job of harm reduction. I think they've done a poor job of harm reduction. However, what they've got is an entitled little girl. And this entitled little girl believes that she deserves college, a laptop, and what was the other device that was uh, monitoring her? Wait, nobody said that she believed that she deserved those. Where did you get that from? Then give the stuff back. Well, she okay. She cut off all contact with her parents, and she got a full scholarship right. from so the school. So, what's the reason for the stalking charge thing? The, because they were interfering with her school. The the school hired security guards to keep the, them I, we out. We get of, to that part of the story. Okay, so that's the next line. The that's par- an important part the of the story. Parents became here. such an issue that the school hired security guards to keep them out of her daughter, their daughter's performances, and then the parents stopped. What do you think they were doing in the performances? They were showing up when she didn't want them to. Just didn't want them there. I guess I don't know what they were doing when okay. they showed up, but they she you know it said that she. Uh, well, I mean, here's, a quote, up and here's a quote from her. <laughs> it's been really embarrassing and upsetting to have my parents come to my university when I'm a grown adult and just basically they slander my name and follow me around. So and they talk to other people. I guess that she said that they were accusing her of being promiscuous and doing drugs well, and being mentally unstable. I used to work at a gym, and there was this uh, dad that came in, um, and his daughter uh, also worked at the gym. And I guess that they were angry at her. And so he decided to confide in me um, that she was a bad person. And, you know, I mean, I thought this was very strange behavior. You know, he leans in real close and says, she's dating a black guy. And, you know, I mean, like his reasons certainly wouldn't been mine. How did you react to that? What I I, what do you do in that circumstance? What's going to change his mind? Say what's wrong with your daughter dating a black person? I you know, I can't tell you what I said or what the situation was. All I remember was the look on his face and the words that he said. I doubt I took some kind of strong stand being it's not my business and uh, the business. I mean, the meaning the business that I am in It's not my company in which I was uh, in there. Um, But, you know, and different people, you know, I I don't know. I mean, it's 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 difficult for me to imagine what words I can string together to change that guy's mind. Well, you can at least um, not indicate to him that you're. Sympathizing with him, that you're okay with him telling I'm sure you I didn't his racist you know. uh, complaints about his daughter. Usually, in circumstances like that, what I knowing how I am is I I cease to speak and I turn and look at something else. 
Mm-hmm. That's how so I. So you're giving him some nonverbal cues that you're not best interested. I got. You know, I'm not going to claim to be that the bravest might... guy around. Yeah, um, I could see how that would be intimidating. Well, I thought the guy was scary. menacing the way he just revealed what he said. I, th- yeah. I just, you know, the, the look on his face when he said she's dating a black guy. You know, I mean, did he I, say black guy or did he say something else? I think he said black guy. Um, I think is what he said. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I can't remember mm-hmm. um, precise. I don't know. I mean, I just remember. You know, what I remember is that picture of the the guy's face. Um, you know, when he when he said it. And, you know, I, I've told you verbatim what I believe he said, but like I said, it's been 15 or 20 years. Okay, so back to something that you said before. You said that you thought of this woman, Aubrey, as entitled. If a parent uh, basically traps a child in their home, um, doesn't allow them any independence, and gives them everything, whose fault is that if the if the child has an entitled she hasn't mentality? Been, she hasn't been taught independence. It's the truth. But what we need, if we're going to provide her with independence is she need to we need to provide her with real independence um and she has cut off all contact with her i didn't realize how you know stalky these people were what Mm -hmm. i heard was initially that they you know put some bugs on a computer and um you know that they paid for the first three years of college and then the college thought these people are nuts and then they gave her the last year worth of college and i think that that's you know that's all fine and dandy but what's really the reason for the stalking uh you know civil stalking charge here and then would you want to be spied on through your computer I would expect, I expect, you know, I bought this computer, the one that I'm that's sitting here in front of me, so I have the expectation that this is my computer, that nobody has any mm-hmm. spy You don't like software. it when the NSA spies on you, right? They didn't buy my computer. If the NSA went and handed out free computers, color me unsurprised if they've got spy software on them. What if you had no money to buy another computer? Would you think that's that was okay? That's not my right. <laughs> I don't have a right, a right for a Mercedes, but if the NSA gives me a free Mercedes, I'm not going to expect that it doesn't have some kind of bugging equipment in it. I expect they know exactly where I'm going. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call in line, 855-450-3733. You can give us a call, talk about whatever it is that is on your mind. It's Mark with you. And Brian. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. If you want to see what's going on in the studio, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. Yep, Brian is uh, waving away at the camera. Brian has uh, sat in the studio many, many a week uh, before we... uh, (laughs) Causing a lot of uh, speculation about who he was. People suggested he might be an international banker um, paying us off from the Goldenbergers. Yeah, they thought I worked for Goldman Sachs. That's right. possibility exists yes. uh, but you can you can go see the crew here at cam.freetalklive.com it's like a television only really boring um there's a, a chat room you can chat with other people about what their <laughs> thoughts are sometimes Chatting at about, your own risk <laughs> yeah, right, hey look i make no promises at cam.freetalklive.com 
<laughs> so, Stephanie, muscular dystrophy was just brought up earlier in the show. Um, yeah, how convenient. Uh, speaking of which, Annie Brian, called... did you do some research on that? I did, because uh, we talked about muscular dystrophy earlier with uh, the Jerry Annie. Lee Lewis um, telethon. Uh, telethon that he ran, very popular for many, many years. Uh, and last year, or it just it, it was great, by the way. The yeah, telethon was great. Yeah, uh, very entertaining. And, the last, and, and he pretty much did his last one. It's over now. As far as the reasons why, uh, it was... Uh, uh, postulated by a caller, and there are resources out there that a Dr. Wallach actually cured or reported on the cure uh, that, they, that he was cured of, you know, muscular dystrophy or and that he found it. Um, by the way, I'm like, I have an instant feeling of skepticism without knowing much about the details right. when somebody says that a person was cured of a um, disease that I understood to be incurable. Sure. But um, the, I don't, I'm open to the possibility, but I would yeah. want to know more. Well, but Jerry Lewis like clearly is a man passionate about the cure for muscular dystrophy. And even if he didn't do the telethon for the muscular dystrophy association, he would be able to get an incredible amount of press. If he were to say, you know, Dr. Wallach saved me with the longevity right. product. Um, I, I mean, I hear that it's a really great right. product. I, I do hear that. And I, I, just... I don't think, I don't think Annie was saying that it was the longevity product that okay. was the cure. I think she said that Dr. Wallach suggested some other cure. Okay. And yeah. it might have been this drug that's in clinical trials right now. I don't know. Well, in any case, I mean, I found a story on Time for, from Time magazine, which is about the most reliable source, whatever that means, um, about it. And that they, they certainly don't seem to have a, a horse in the race. No, right, right. And they ha- they have no comment as to why uh, as to why that ha- why he stopped and you know it's all a mystery and they talk to Jerry Lewis and he won't talk it's a mystery oh. cue the organ music <laughs> chuck in new hampshire you're on free talk live what's on your mind chuck hey. what's hey, up you can chuck hear me. yes what's up hey, chuck? how's it going guys all's well what's on your mind all right well i, I wanted to talk about the uh, cynthia chase story that's going on right now Yes. Ah, yes, Cynthia is this... Chase is a, uh, a New Hampshire representative. That's not very important for those of you who aren't in New Hampshire. There are 400 representatives in the state of New Hampshire. It is the fourth largest representative body in the English-speaking world. Except that it became important when she apparently told some people who were free staters that they were not welcome at the peace vigil in Keene, right? That's right. Okay. Well, I'll th- give you my background real quick. I moved to uh, New Hampshire earlier this year, and I didn't even know about Free State Project, but I was really excited when I discovered it, you know? Okay. Hmm. So after reading her comments, I had sent her an email, a very polite but firm email, expressing my distaste about her comments about restricting freedoms in order to keep people from moving to New Hampshire. I bet she's gotten a few I, of those. I Yeah, she indicated as much. Uh, but what I found most interesting, she went through and basically told me what she does not believe is freedoms and the, the things, quote-unquote, freedoms that need to be limited. But most interestingly... Uh, and I can, I'd like to send this to you if, if you would like. Sure, uh, go ahead. Most interestingly, yeah, she, uh, she compared the, uh, the moving of free staters to New Hampshire, she compared it to the genocide of the Native American people, that is, uh, the European people moving into America. Okay, I, I don't have any smallpox-infested blankets. I don't know about you, Mark. I, no, it doesn't <laughs> seem like a fair thing to do. Um, th- you know, the... Uh, 
Wow. So, so it sounds like is, there's some real enemy imagery going on there. There, there is a lot of that. Um, the fact is, is I'm from Florida. And Florida, we have people that move there all the time. And, um, you know, there are millions, I think, it's, I think it's millions, at least a million people. Sure, I lived there a few years myself. Move to Florida every year. It has really great weather and, um, you know, low taxes in lots of ways. And, and people move there. And it's mostly those people are senior citizens. And those people move there with their agenda. They vote and they do their thing. So... I mean, it, it's... It's not new. <laughs> it's not new at all. It, I mean, the Free State Project is coordinated, but I don't know that the, the settling of the new world was particularly coordinated. It's not like we're going to go there and we're going to kill the engines. Well, um, the idea it sounds pretty ironic that um, she would say that because... So, historically, I guess Liber- New Hampshire has been more libertarian or liberty oriented yeah. right and so somebody like this she's from rhode island by the way state rep oh so she, so she moved here and tried to change the laws in order to she's restrict from a, certain stri- freedoms. a state with larger uh, government than new hampshire and apparently wants at least some more government intrusion in whatever way and, and, s- and it's, said what's that- true is is that everybody has their own definition of what freedom is i think i've got a better one than they do and i'd like to discuss it with them but it's true that everybody's got their own definition chuck indeed but yeah, man, uh, I will send this over to you, and uh, thanks for having me on the program. Sure, thanks. Just to clear clarify something really quick, uh, Chuck was saying, basically a detail that got left out was that this lady said that in order to, that you basically, you can't stop free staters from moving to New Hampshire, but right. you can make it much less attractive so that they won't want to move to New Hampshire by basically turning it into... Massachusetts. Yeah. And this is what disturbs me about um, the, the sort of the, the, the big government, the Democrat mentality um, here in New Hampshire. And I'm not going to, I don't want to point out... I think the Republicans are not much better. They're, they're certain, the Republicans have done a better job of embracing free staters, it seems to me, than Democrats have. But that's just an, a, my experience, um, is that we've got what you want across the Connecticut River or south of whatever the parallel is that separates uh, New Hampshire and... Uh, I mean, you know, the, the big government is available to you in New England. You don't need to change New Hampshire for that. And that's what's happening here. People are coming from outside of the state of New Hampshire voting and getting involved in the government. They're not doing it as in as uh, a coordinated a fashion as the Free State Project, but they're, the Free State Project really only is, to some extent you know, uh, counteracting that. And that's what they're upset about. And and I've had, you know, people, uh, you know, liberal sorts say, grit their teeth at me and say, I wish you'd just go home. And I said, I live in Keene. You know, I am home. Right. So, you know, I don't know what, I've lived here seven years, sometimes longer than they have. And they just don't like the politics and it's an excuse. Do you think they're projecting what's been said to them? I don't think so, no. Free staters? I don't think so, no. I don't think anybody. I, 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 no, I mean, I, I wouldn't tell. I mean, because it's basically people who are moving to New Hampshire and trying to change the political climate, uh, saying that it's wrong to move to New Hampshire and try to change the political climate. Yeah, right. Yeah, that seems to be what's happening. Um, you know, even and, and even in the natives. I mean, you know, how, how do you deal with this? Do you say that only natives are allowed to vote? Because at that point, Sarasota, Florida, is going to be a lot different. Yeah. I mean. You know, one of the problems in Sarasota, Florida, is all the people moving there and voting. Change is inevitable. You know, I'm not interested in voting, but I know culture is going to change, and I embrace that. 855-450-FREE. Free Talk Live. (laughs) 
When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. That is the SACL toll-free call-in line, 855-450-3733. You can call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about here on the the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live with Mark. And Brian. And Stephanie. 855-450-3733. You know... I've told you about how to shop and um, help Free Talk Live. You can also help Free Talk Live by amping. Uh, the amp program is our little mouseketeer club, and you can join there and get a get a few perks like the amp-only call-in line, uh, the Amplifier podcast, which is commercial-free, and uh, you know a couple of other things. It's uh, the amp program, and you know for five dollars a month, you can uh, help spread. Liberty, because that's what we hear, do here on Free Talk Live. The AMP program isn't necessarily that you, uh, you know, if you like all the things we give for free, that's awesome. But uh, the AMP program is really about uh, spreading the ideas of liberty, and we hope that we're doing that. AMP.freetalklive.com. Let's go to David in New Hampshire. David, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hello. I'm just calling to say uh, I'm tired. I don't like hearing about the fiscal, fiscal cliff. You don't like the fiscal cliff talk anymore? Oh, yeah. I'm trying to avoid hearing that phrase, but it's virtually impossible unless you cut yourself off. I just think it's fear-mongering. Whenever I hear that phrase, I think, oh, the powers that be or whoever they are are trying to manipulate us. I think it's absolutely clear on this one. I think it's absolutely clear. Yeah. I mean, you know what? The fiscal cliff is something that could be t- taken care of beforehand or afterwards, retroactively, or whatever it is that they want to do whenever they come to whatever conclusion that they've come to. And the two parties are trying to see who can make the other party look the worst in this situation. It looks to me like uh, the media says that the Democrats have looked better than this one than the Republicans. Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me either. It seems to to be to some extent. I think that the uh, the, the folks in the media have just a the ever so slightly more um, affinity towards Democrats than they do Republicans. But uh, you know, I'm I'm unsurprised. Yeah, it's pretty pointless jibber jabber. Really. It's jibber jabber. Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. David. I just wanted to throw that out there. I'm there. enjoying the show. Thanks. It's thrown out. Thanks very much. I wish I could throw it out. Throw yeah, out me fiscal too. Talk, fiscal cliff talk. Anyway, I know how it feels. I, you know, I'm sick of hearing about it too. I don't think. I think it's just this artificial thing that's out there. And I, um, I think that it's uh, the bigger issue is that apparently the GOA has said that the the, the government accountability office. Right. I should have said that. Thank you. GAO. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, has said that uh, the debt ceiling needs to be raised by the end of the year, which is like two days tomorrow. And that, I, I mean, mm. are they talking about this year? I, 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 what? The debt ceiling? Shouldn't we have had some warning on this? <laughs> I mean, that's a bigger deal than uh, the fiscal cliff, which is this. The debt ceiling just seems to be this meaningless thing, like because they always raise it. They yeah. never they never fail to do that. Well, they um, they they've argued about it vociferously in the past, um, you know, the last time around. Blah, blah, blah. Let's take. Yeah, right. It's, it's just. Yeah, it's just so much pointless drama. Ed in Tennessee. Ed, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, y'all. 
Hey Ed. Hey Ed. Did, did you hear hey. that your uh, that your spirit was raised earlier in the show? <laughs> uh, excuse me. You were you were uh, people talked about you earlier in the show. Oh, okay, I know that was a good one. You're you're a bad bad gun hater. Oh, okay. According to <laughs> a caller, I was going to say that. Believe it or not, I started to call up and say, this. "No guns, Ed." <laughs> hey, uh, don't need them. What's everybody doing so scared? Brian O'Brien agrees with me, Stephanie. You know, we can't walk around living the one percent mentality as Dick Cheney. But hey, uh, I want to talk about the kids because, as you know, you know they don't they don't have any unions. They can't organize. They don't have any access to media. They can't vote. So, Mark, I totally disagree with you. Kids okay. have rights. Because oh, I'm not going to claim they don't have rights. Who's going to take up for them? It, it's, it's, diff- it's a difficult and, like I said, unique situation. It's difficult. If What's you're it? for freedom, how is it difficult? Well, what my claim is is that as a parent, one needs to be able to, you know, people are going to raise their kids differently. And some of the ways I'm going to like and some of the ways I'm not going to like. And I don't like the way these parents did it. And, you know, finding out a little more about the story, um, I'm, you know, I mean, these people were apparently, you know, needed security guards and that they were, you know, wandering around saying things behind their daughter and knocking on her door at all hours and things like that. And that's probably a little extreme. Yeah, that, that's a much more stalking behavior. But you know, when they when the, the and spying on her through her computer is yeah. not well, I think a twenty-one-year-old person. I think that okay. So I support people having the right to give other people computers with spy software on it if that's what they want to do. As long as they inform those people, and I wonder whether this uh, woman, young woman, either a was uh, was informed or not informed, um, and how long it took him took her to be informed, and um, you know whether she would have known that this was the case anyway. I mean, if do if you the think parent- anyone would accept a computer that they knew had spies that they knew was sending every keystroke to their parents? Sure, they would. If they didn't have a computer, sure they would. I, hey, Mark, I disagree. Me, can I help simplify it for you? Sure. As a parent, I think. What you should do, I think, or any parent, you just guide. Yep. You don't try to be tyrannical. You I am with you. Your views. I, I think what people should do uh, with religion with kids, which, you know, how many people are going to do this? I'd want to tell them about all religions, no religions, you know, atheists, agnostics. Say, you decide. You choose. I'm just here to help you, love you, guide you, create trust. But look, Mark. Uh, that's what I've done with Jack. I, if, you, if you're saying kids have no rights, we're teaching them from the get-go, you don't have any rights, and they're going to be uh, they're not going to be able to defend them because they'll say, well, they, they never gave us any rights. Mm. Well, that's true. so how does uh, rights center around property? And the when, ultimate property is yourself, right? Agreed. Absolutely. And the, the, you know, you're this 21-year-old woman doesn't have the right to a computer. She doesn't have the right to a car. She doesn't have the right to college education. What's that? That's not. I'm not. That's, that, I'm not even talking about that. I'm saying that the kids do have rights, like privacy. They have rights. Well, so I mean, how much? Ma- so they don't even need a door. Why would you want to have a kid that you wouldn't even have a door on his room? I know you don't mean that. But, you know, some parents do take doors. Some off. Da- parents take doors off, and I, I support them to take the doors off of the rooms in their houses if that's what they want to do. But I, I mean, why? To me, that's ignorant. Why would you do that? Give them freedom. 
I, I'm with you. Let if you them don't, live. if you don't Trust raise them. independent kids, Got you're them. not going to have independent adults. I'm 100% agree. But uh, my question is: is if you have the right to a door, that means you have the right to a room. Does How that about, mean no, no, no? Wait, Mark, wait, does Mark. that mean that I have hold to on. have one room for every kid in my house? No, hold hold well, on a second. Do you want them sleeping outside? What, do you, Mark? Do you, you think kids? Sleeping? I have I a question that a I think can clarify this. Do you think that children like adults need things or have you yeah. know desires for things? Sure. Do you think one of those things that they may have a strong desire for or even a need for is privacy? Some level of privacy, certainly. Okay, then that seems would seem to answer the question. If if she's not getting that privacy, that need is not being met, and that's a pretty important thing for her. I, and another way to sum it up, uh, I think. Treat them like you would want to be treated. I'm, I'm with you. This is people yeah. to right the on, best Ed. way. Whatever's good, you know. Just be fair. Just you know, <laughs> you know, just kind. That if you're kind to your children, you got them forever. These people think. I, I like to do the research. Yeah. Somebody do the research. Right. You can't force them to love you. Kids. You know. I guarantee. You, I mean, I don't. I don't. Not one hundred percent certainty. You look at any of the parents that treat their kids with total respect, and I guarantee you they do better off than anybody else. I, I agree 100% with that. And um, what my concern is, is that the, uh, we have raised a generation of ingrates and people that believe no. that they are, ob- that they're, no. they're, uh, that p- their parents are obligated to give them things when, when they're not. And well, what I hear part, from this look, young lady, but let me finish, Ed, what I hear from this young lady is, is that, um, you know, I deserve a computer, just one that doesn't have a bunch of spy software on it. Where did you get that? She, she didn't have, say that I wanted to give the computer back. I mean, you know. She, well, she may not have known it had spy software, and, you know, she didn't ask to be born Let's again. raise independent kids. And by independent, I mean they can fend for themselves. At 18 years Maybe old, they should be ready to go on and do herself. their own thing, pay for their own college. Or at least with some matching funds. 855-450-3733. Free Talk Live. This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938. Free Talk Live, final segment. We might be able to sneak you in. 855-450-3733. It's the last time I'm going to give that number this evening, though. 855-450-FREE. Uh, free Talk Live. Give us a call. Um, Stephanie, we were you, we were trying to talk about muscular dystrophy here mm-hmm. in uh, the previous segment. There and- were two issues. It was Jerry Lee Lewis mm-hmm. with the fundraiser and then this... Uh, Lady! <laughs> <laughs> and then this other... Uh, article that we didn't quite get to, which we teased, which is about basically the FDA interfering with the survival of somebody who has muscular dystrophy, or at least it's very likely that that's what's going on. Now, we've said for years on the uh, the show here that the FDA kills, um, mm-hmm. and it's not that they go run around murdering people. It's that they um, you know, have such a long process uh, for people to 
you know, get these drugs that may save them, that people die in the process. What they err on the side of uh, making sure everybody's perfectly safe when they get. You but know, in they, the process, that's completely an unsafe thing way to to act. Right, because then people can't try experimental treatments, right, unless they meet certain criteria. Right, and really, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't think anyone should have to have a government permission slip to put anything in their body. I might want to consult with a physician if I had a disease that I didn't know about treating or I didn't know about. Uh, I think that's a very prudent idea. But as far as um, having government control and regulate certain drugs, it just doesn't, uh, it creates a lot of problems and unintended consequences. And so like this one right here. So there's a petition on change.org. Sometimes we read these petitions. Often they highlight news that's going on that's kind of hot, I guess. And there's a lady who lives in Vermont, Jen McNary. She is petitioning the FDA, please approve the medicine my boys need to survive. Both of my sons deserve to live. Now, this is a very emotionally grabbing headline. But basically what's going on here in her petition, she's describing she has two, uh, well, she has more than two children, but her two oldest children, Max and Austin, they both have a genetic disease called Duchenne muscular dystrophy or DMD. Okay. All right. And this is a disease which basically um, hurts people's muscles, like their muscles cannot form properly. They sometimes have very little strength. It gets it's progressive. Yeah. You know, eventually they will die because they won't be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Their and, heart uh, and lungs just won't work. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, and there's a there's a um, uh, there's a wide variation in how it manifests itself. Some patients have more strength than others. It's kind of multifactorial. And so as a result, there can be two people like these two children um, with muscular di- with this kind of muscular dystrophy, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, and they can not have exactly the same uh, phenotype. They cannot, you know, one of them could be stronger than the other. And that is the case with her children. Um, so the 10-year-old boy... Uh, Max was lucky enough to get, this is in her words, to take part in a medical trial. And for the past 60 weeks, he's been taking a new medication that's under investigation. Um, Previously this year, he was dependent on a wheelchair most of the day. But after this treatment for 60 weeks, he was able to march in a Halloween parade. Wow, that's really awesome. Yeah. However. However, um, it's been bittersweet because his brother is 13, is getting worse. He suffers silently as his disease progresses. Austin, the 13-year-old, was not able to take part in the drug trial that helped his brother so much. And why? And so probably the reason is because drug companies doing these trials want to make their drug look good. They want the results to be good. So often they won't take um, people who are the sickest. The most progressed. They take the people who have the disease but are the healthiest because Mm. they want their results to look good to get a chance for the FDA to approve their drug. Mm. But if the FDA were to approve this drug, and by the way, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, it's a rare disease. It's an orphan disease. I mean, What's that mean? it means that there are very few, it's a rare genetic disease. So there are a few people who have it. It's not like heart disease or high cholesterol where everybody has it essentially. Yeah. And they, a drug company can make a, sh- uh, a lot of money out of it. <laughs> a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> a boatload of money. <laughs> Excuse me. And um, so there's not much incentive for the FDA, for a drug company to develop a drug and try to spend a lot of money getting the FDA. A lot of money. To, <laughs> to, to approve it. That's going to go down. And, I love that. To make a promo I'm out so of it. so excited about that. <laughs> so um, uh, it says that there 
let's see, thousands of boys in the U.S. are suffering with DMD. If the FDA allows them access to the drug, it could save thousands of lives. So, you know, it seems like this drug is very promising. It's in the trials right now. But since it's not approved, this boy cannot access it. And so the mother is petitioning for the FDA to approve this drug. So this is a really great story um, because of the fact that these brothers are in the same house. But this is really what happens every day with the FDA. The FDA picks winners and losers through through the drug companies because of the, the way that they have the, the trials are allowed to be run, picks winners and losers, livers and dyers um, with their, their rules. And, you know, this lady just wants both of her sons to live. Yeah. And... Sadly, it's probably going to take a decade before this thing's approved, and at that point, her son may be dead. And I heard about this drug five years ago, and it was being tested then, and right. I don't know what the holdup is. It can take well over a decade for these things to make it through, mm-hmm. and I understand what they're trying to do. I like the idea of medicines being tested, but you know, the people in the drug trial know that it's it's potentially dangerous Mm -hmm. so why in the world would and and who wants to kill their patients at that point they've got well nobody wants to i mean maybe there could be something unanticipated but at that point if someone has a fatal progressive genetic disease that doesn't have a treatment what have they got to lose right what's the worst case scenario here the kid dies a year or two they're gonna die anyway right yeah, it's, so it's, they should at least have the choice to participate in a trial you know, like that. You know, it makes me wonder. I mean, where are all the number one hospitals in the world right now? Is in it, India. In India. Oh, is it? Yeah. Uh, and Southeast Asia. Yeah. yeah. All over. Why? Is this why? Because <laughs> only the there a can you actually. health system. Right. Right, because only there can you actually get the help that you that exists. A lot. There's this isn't call, even questions. This, they call this medical exists. medical tourism. Lots of Americans going to India and China sure. and stuff to uh, and Mexico, South America, Dubai. Dubai has an amazing hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think that you would think that uh, Mexico would be really great too. But I don't know what the you know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think it varies. I mean, I what I hear of a lot is people who live in like California and Texas going to Tijuana for dental work and. I don't know. Maybe you get what you pay for. I've heard some bad experiences, but I've also heard some good experiences, too, where it's a lot cheaper. Well, if your life's on the line, you know. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, I mean, this lady's in Vermont. It's not like she can sneak across the border to Canada to get um, more treatment because it's really basically the same there. And I think it's I think it's sad. The real the reason for the FDA is to. You know, make sure that people don't get cheated or, or harmed by some kind of drug in the process. They. People are being harmed by not getting the drugs that they would otherwise get. And I've heard that aspirin wouldn't even make it through the FDA now. Um, I've heard that, too. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm, you know, you're, you're the doctor here. I'm a not. Not yet. Uh, yeah, but, Half a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you're like seven-eighths of a doctor. <laughs> You've got your, just your thesis that you have to finish writing. Is that right? Uh, yeah, for a Ph.D. Okay. So that will. And I've done two years of That will not school. make you an M.D. That will make you a Ph.D.? Right. But you're an M, but you'll be a Ph.D. in, like, research doctrine, right? Uh, yeah, in biochemistry. That's so a, that's a scientist. That's not a medical doctor. Okay, but, I, but you never intended to do that anyway. But you're, no, you're, I did. Okay. I. <laughs> this is confusing. Yes. So I'm a I'm a double degree student, MD and PhD. I've okay. done some medical school, and I've done most of a PhD. Okay. Yeah. And your intention is to you know I, finish yeah, up. I'm going to graduate the PhD pretty soon. Okay. And I'm then hoping you're really and, not thinking about and, doing the the MD thing. Um. We'll talk about that later. Okay. Okay. 850. Well, I'm giving the number now. I, you know, I mean, I, when I think about the FDA, I just think I, I, it was probably created with all the best intentions, but in the process of doing away with all different kinds of uh, doctors out there in the past, 
you know, I get it. I get the whole homeopathic thing, why people, you know, think that that's a bunch of hooey or whatever. Um, you know, considering how effective placebos are, maybe it's a good idea. But in, <laughs> you can sell a placebo pill. I mean, there's a supple, there's an entire supplement market where lots of the stuff on there is placebos. <laughs> Are placebos? Yeah, I, I wonder about that. Um, you know, and I think that in some ways they can be very effective, in other ways that they can, you know, just not not effective at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, whatever. Uh, there were all kinds of different doctors a hundred years ago before the FDA was uh, br- brought around, and then essentially the sort of allopathic medicine, the the, the AMA doctors. Um, oh well, the AMA has a history of using the state to regulate its competition away. Um, actually, they've gotten laws passed. They've lobbied state governments and stuff to shut down medical schools in the early 1900s. They shut down like they managed to get like two thirds of the medical schools in the country shut down. You had to have a letter from an allopathic doctor to get into medical school. So it ensured that it was oh. like only their friends that could get in. I see. They limited the class they size. They of don't medical do that now. Schools. Anybody can get into medical school now. Uh, I don't think there's a law about it, but it's pretty much you have to have uh you have to have someone who's approved by the sort of the in the system. You have to have a sponsor. Uh, several sponsors, yeah. Really? <laughs> well, you can, uh, you know, in the meantime, 21 hours from now, we'll do another live program. In the meantime, you can go to freetalklive.com. Uh, it's been Mark with you. Brian Sovereign. And Stephanie. Thanks for being on the show, guys. And uh, find out more at freetalklive.com. You can uh, upload s- stories and all kinds of things there. Share them with people. Vote them up. Vote them down. It's all up to you. Freetalklive.com.